Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world. We'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio and here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we've got two outstanding guests today, Rob. We've got, it's like the Egghead Show. We've got Dr. Jack Stern, (laughs) and he's written this great book about five powerful steps to ending back pain, and this is really vital, uh, Rob, because, you know, Wounded Warriors report came out uh, in January, or 2014 report came out, and Mm -hmm. talked about just how many back and neck injuries uh, are um, are yeah, they're a big part of why people leave the military. They're a big part of ongoing pain. You know, it's funny, um, not, mm-hmm. not funny, haha, but uh, the Air Force family down the street, you know, the dual Air Force people, um, she is sure. debating whether to get her. Sp- oh, I'm sorry. Uh, can you not hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay. I heard sure. Um, so she's out um, because of a back and neck injury, and they're thinking of fusing her spine. And she refused to have her spine fused and have a rod put in. So they're going to seek alternative treatment. And she used sure. um, who's the benefits guy we had on? We had a benefits oh, guy on a while back. Tom, is it Van Hees? Tom, um, Tom Van Hees? Yeah, I Tom, believe it was. Yeah, Tom Van Hees. Yeah, anybody who's listening today who's struggling um, with TRICARE to approve uh, different things, especially with respect to back and neck injury, I gave her a copy of his book that he gave me and said, you know, follow this, see what you can do. And she is. She's successfully um, able to get alternative treatment instead of fusing her spine and putting a rod in there. Um, Because she has four little children. She has four boys. It's like, how is she going to navigate with a fused spine? But that's what, you know, TRICARE was offering. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to get into TRICARE, good or bad. But we do know that you've got to fight for your benefits. And you've got to fight for any insurance company coverage. So that's um, right. really excited for him to uh, come on and talk about back pain because there is so much of it, especially with 20% of our servicemen and women uh, being female. And in this case, they gave her a heavy box to carry and, you know, she did it and she did not complain and she did what she was told to do. And, and, you know, and broke like, I don't know, a couple of her vertebrae or whatever, whatever happened with that. But um, the Mm. long and short of it is back pain is a really big problem uh, within our military personnel. Wounded Warriors has reported on it. So we're going to bring on Dr. Jack Stern and his book, Ending Back Pain uh, in Five Powerful Steps. Mm. I'm anxious to hear what he has to say, too. Um, I think everybody has experienced some kind of back pain. We all don't take the precautions that we should. You know, you go to move that couch or you go to move the dresser or you go to uh, the, the Xerox copier isn't working and you know you've got to get to the 
to the toner in the back. So you push the thing over. It's We all do those silly things in the moment of need instead of taking care. Um, and uh, I think that it is great that there are some alternatives that we can turn to. Now, there's so many, so much more research that's been done. So it is exciting to see all of the new um, uh, Diagno- not diagnoses, but pro- uh, processes that are on the on the horizon for better therapies. You know, more um, well, yeah, it's not just our lifestyles, <laughs> right? And it's not just drug them up, cut them up into pieces, and send yep. them on their way because yep. we know sometimes that works, but sometimes it doesn't. And with healthcare, you know, being so expensive today, and you know, Tricare's sure. raised their rates and. You know, everybody's, you know, running around with like a chick with their head cut off with Obamacare. It's nice to see that there's some alternatives out there. And then, Rob, we're going to visit with Baron Whited. He's this really smart guy. He's a um, K through 12 certified school counselor. He's a bullet professional professional specialist which i think is really cool and i want to talk to him about two different things with you i want to talk with him about posting kids posting things online because max is and and even zacky at eight years old they're Mm -hmm. on this program called kick you know you kick your friends which is really cute it's like a a little social networking thing for kids and but what i found like you know one of the little teen girls you know put a provocative picture of herself up there and all the boys were like wow you look pretty you look great you know, we need to have conversations with our kids, and this has never happened in the past as young as right. six, seven years old. What do you post on video games where everybody can see? What do you post on social media? You know, we all think about Facebook and and Twitter and all these things that are proliferating in our environment. But what we don't talk about is on these little iPads and on these little touchpads and these little gaming communities with kids, they're all talking to each other and they share their mm-hmm. handles at school. And Zachy's got mm-hmm. like nine little friends in his elementary school. He's in third grade and he's chatting away in there talking to, he was talking to some 13 year old girl. I'm like, oh no, slow it down. Is You know, you're in something. third grade. Well, he's not going to yeah, be in the so, third grade forever, Sandra. <laughs> no, no. He was telling me, like, it's okay, Mom, for you to date a younger guy because I'm going to date Selena Gomez and I'll be, you know, 11 years younger than her. And I'm like, holy cow. But he's going to talk about, um, yeah, I mean, he's going to talk about some of these things where, you know, what do you, what do you, how do you talk to your kids about posting? Like I had a bunch of little boys at my party this weekend, Rob, for Toys for Tots, and they were all texting each other and they were all on their smartphones. And I sat them down and I said, look at you guys are boys. You're 11 years old, no porn. And I said, Max, I have your phone attached to my cloud so I can read all your texts and I can read all these things. And then one of the kids snickered and he's like, huh? He's like, my mom will never figure this out. She can't even use a computer. And I'm like, she may not, but I can. And I'm watching. Now, (laughs) I have no way of watching this kid. So it was a completely empty threat. But I wanted to be like... These kids, some of these parents do not have computer skills, and their kids are out zipping around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's difficult when parents are not even aware of the the potential. And that's where before you buy the little device, you better learn how to use it yourself or at least try or at least open the door. I remember having the computer in our kitchen. So, of course, back then, we're talking 20 years ago, I would see at least what the kids were doing, but I wouldn't necessarily hover over them. I wasn't a helicopter mom, but I'd open up a door and say, 
um, you know, what do you think about this? Or, or what do you think about that behavior that so-and-so did? Or how do you think that made the other person feel? And being able to at least open up to look at consequences, not only just the initial, oh, yeah, wow, that was whatever, you know, the, the, the initial reaction. But I think kids don't quite take it to that next step where there's a consequence and whether the consequence is just someone's hurt feelings or the consequence is something very severe there is a consequence to whatever they say or do or or write and that's where um, that conversation with parents whether they know how to use the device or not can certainly take place yeah, well, but these kids are exposed to so much more these days. It's like, you know, uh, one of my friends had trouble the other day because she punished her son. You know, he, he deserved it. Believe me, he had it coming. And so what she did was she took his electronics away. She's like, give me your tablet, give me your phone. And she's mm-hmm. like, you know, when you get your grades up, you know, you mm-hmm. can have your stuff back. Well, he comes home the next day with a note from the teacher saying he needs his tablet and he needs either his phone or his tablet in class because of the classwork they're doing. They have to do their research and she's like sure what the hell like now like I can't take the phone away or I can't you know a lot of kids don't have both but they have a phone Mm -hmm. with internet yeah and they do they you know we do we use YouTube all the time for math help because I suck at math and that you know I can't even do the 11 year old math and so we rely (laughs) on YouTube you know these teachers Uh have been so great putting all this stuff on there but how do you take it away when the school says give it back Mm-hmm. And there has to be, I guess, some other kind of consequence. Maybe it's, um, I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting kids to understand that there's an appropriate place for devices and maybe not. I mean, when you go into church, you turn your phone off or you leave it in the car. Or if you're going in to a doctor's office, you don't bring your phone with you. You leave it in the car. There, there's, And if you're having dinner out, it's really appropriate to not bring your phone with you. So I, I think there should be some times for kids to learn that there are places that, that you have it and places that you don't. I mean, I, I guess um, it sounds very simplistic, and it's really hard to follow through with every every time. But there, I I don't know as though um, devices are given that kind of limitation anymore. They're just everywhere. They're on everybody's well, body. The- the problem is, and I'll just tell you this from being a user. You know, you're talking in yep. theory. I'm talking the user thing. It's like all my kids want, and this is systemic. Because I talked, I had that Toys for Tots yesterday, so I talked to a whole group of kids. Every sure. single one of them, I said, what do you guys want for Christmas? And I kind of went around the room, video game, video yeah. game, video game. I want this app. I want this app. So the uh-huh. currency, you know, when you discipline your kid, you got to take away things that matter to them. It, the only thing that matters to these kids these days is electronic devices. I can't yeah. even find anything to buy my kids for Christmas. They don't want any books. They want a digital download. They don't want, you know, Max wants some shirts because he's getting into that. I've got to attract girls but Zachary he wants a new baseball he wants a new glove and a new bat okay I can get him that and then everything else has to do with either on his tablet or a new pair of headphones like there's just not that much interest in any of them it's not just my kids that are like you know messed up with this stuff Right, right. It isn't easy. And I guess I don't know what the what that balance is. Um, And I know you're right from an educational point of view when the schools are 
the cur- curriculums are dependent on kids having this access, that does become a whole different ballgame because it isn't just a social thing. It then becomes a curricular thing. So um, I'm anxious to talk to Mr. Whited about all of that because I know he's going to shed some um, some light on this whole topic. But first, um, we're going to meet neurosurgeon Dr. Jack Stern. He brings relief to the millions of sufferers, including himself, who literally ache for help with regard to backache. Based on the latest scientific data, Dr. Stern has developed a five-step solution with a multidisciplinary holistic perspective. We'll meet Dr. Stern and find out more right after these messages on Military Mom Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. This is the Tokenet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hi, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we've got a great guest today. We have got uh, Dr. Jack Stern, and I'm so excited to bring you to the show because he specializes in back uh, issues. And Rob, Wounded Warriors uh, did their survey um recently and their recent survey i guess and one of the top five most commonly experienced injuries or health related problems as 
presented to them, number one, sleep conditions, number two, post-traumatic stress, number three, back, neck, and shoulder problems, number four, depression, number five, anxiety. Now, this is really important because, uh, like I said in the opening segment with you, Rob, you know, the Air Force gal down the street, you know, they want to fuse her spine. She's got, you know, all these different issues. They want to put a rod in there. She has all of these. She's got the sleep conditions because of back, neck, and shoulder pain. She's depressed Mm, a lot because she's got four children and she has back, neck, and shoulder pain. Then she has anxiety, really situational anxiety, because she's stressed out going, how do I raise these kids? I'm fighting with TRICARE. I've got, you know, bills to pay. I can't sit, I can't stand, I can't get any relief. And she is a perfect example of many of my friends in the military. And this weekend when we had some of our military veterans over at 85 families at my ranch for Toys for Tots, I can't tell you how many of them are experiencing back, neck, and shoulder problems as a result of their service. So I'm so excited to bring Dr. Jack Stern on to talk about some alternatives we have rather than just drugging it up cut it up you know and go on from there so i'm just really excited rob absolutely dr stern welcome to our show we're so pleased to have you and i'm very pleased to to uh, be invited so thank you <laughs> now dr jack i'm just going to call you dr jack if that's okay just call so me jack dr. Oh, okay. You don't I need to call me up. Dr. Jack. Well, you know what? You they earned call you Dr. it. They charge you double, so Jack is fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll the double for today. Now, you are a neurosurgeon, which tells me that you know more than anybody about what's going on in the body. But what's more important to me today is that you have experienced chronic pain so you know you're like a hair club for men guy you're not just a client you're you know you're a you're an expert you've got you're not just a user you're you've got the whole package you've got the medical plus you've got the experiential and so you've wrote this book ending back pain can you tell me a little bit about why you decided to write this book because uh in addition to Ending back pain being epidemic of epidemic proportions in the military, and I'd be happy to go over some of those statistics with you. It's really also of epidemic proportions in the population as a whole. Some of that, I guess, has to do with the fact that we're all getting older, and and uh, we all tend to suffer from some sort of degenerative back or disc disease. But also, as a population, if you look around, um, certainly uh, obesity. Um, has become endemic uh, and uh, lack of exercise. So we're a population that's eating more, exercising less. I think some of that is changing, thank goodness, and we're getting older. And those three factors are, um, unless we do something to change that, uh, those three factors end up with a population that will, that statistically, I mean, the statistics are that there's a 95-plus percent chance that every American at some point in their life will have back pain of such severity that they will need medical attention. Thank God that doesn't happen over a short period of time. It happens over the lifetime of a person. But that is really of epidemic proportions. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wrote the book. That's startling when you stop and think of, of that. Um, and being a surgeon, I'm sure that 
everyone's perspective would be, or perception, I should say, would be that you're going to operate first. But what brought you to looking at other alternatives to treating back pain other than surgery? Well, it was from my own experience, actually. So I had mm-hmm. a, a bizarre, I describe it in, in ending back pain, where my lovely wife gave me a gift of a, mis, of a massage, one of those massages where somebody walks on your back, and I thought some yeah. dainty little lady would walk on my back. In fact, it was a very <laughs> large woman who walked on my back. This is not a gender issue, please. And... Uh, uh, and I disarticulated my facet joint. I was in so much pain that uh, I had to come back from vacation in the back of the... In those days, we still had station wagons. Today, everybody's got an SUV. And uh, I'm a senior partner in a group of neurosurgeons, and they all looked at my MRI, and they said... And I could see them sharpening their knives. You know, they were about to operate on me. <laughs> and I said to myself, no way. I'm going to figure out a way to avoid surgery. And that was really the beginning of my journey to look at alternative methods. Um, and in our practice, really, surgery really is uh, the last resort, and, uh, and I believe it, that's what it should be. And that was another stim- uh, um, factor that stimulated my writing the book, namely my own personal, my own personal history. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, uh, now, you know, in the, milita- in the military, back pain, talking about uh, having epidemic proportions, uh, back pain right now, if one looks at the statistics, and they are available, um, uh, back pain in, in, in soldiers who return from one or two tours of duty in Afghanistan or Iraq, the chances of them coming back with chronic back pain or a complaint of chronic back pain is almost 70%. That's a huge number of men and women who come back. The study was done actually two tours of duty come back with chronic back pain. And it's, it's, um, those, those are a lot of folks when you think that 2.2 million people have had two tours of duty in Afghanistan and Iraq, and, and almost 50-plus percent of those uh, good men and women now come back with chronic back pain. That is a lot of, that's a lot of pain. Um, well, and Doc, I can tell you, those are the reported numbers, but the anecdotal numbers, because I'm down, you know, at Wounded Warriors Battalion West, I'm down at Camp Pendleton. I just had a military family event at my ranch with 85 uh, Marine Corps families where m- many of the parents, both of them served. And even though the women weren't deployed, um, we've got an epidemic because I told them I'm doing this show on back pain and they were all talking about it doesn't, you know, yes, when you deploy it's really easy to use those statistics you know those are easy statistics to get but then you got these stateside uh you know and especially the women like most of the women are doing support service jobs and yet they are complaining of the same issue and you know i would hazard to guess the statistics are a lot higher than that because i can guarantee you you go up the chain of command and they're not complaining they're not reporting this because that's what happens in a military culture um but they're from a variety of reasons some of them are were moving things they're injured some of them fell they fell off equipment um it's not necessarily in within the military environment a lifestyle from a like an eating sedentary standpoint it's a trauma to your body yeah i think that's absolutely true now the statistics that are available are almost all in combat troops um so it's really hard to to tease out what the statistics are as you were saying amongst non-combat troops 
What's also interesting is that when they compared the percentage of uh, uh, soldiers who uh, had chronic back pain from Afghanistan and Iraq and compared those with uh, Vietnam vets, the number of Vietnam vets who had low back pain was much, much lower. And the thinking is that the amount of weight that the average soldier carries is far in excess of what it was during the Vietnam War. If my, if my numbers are correct, if an average soldier weighs about 180 pounds, and this is obviously a man, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, 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 some of those packs weigh 80 pounds, and what I think is really the, the hooker in this is that if I remember the number, the, the body armor in, in and of itself is, 100, is 40 pounds. So now you've got a 180-pound man, no matter how muscular and strong you are, with a total weight of 300 pounds. I mean, that is, that's, a, that's for an elephant or a camel. That's not for a human being to carry safely. So when you see those statistics and then you remember, you know, that the, these young men and women are, are carrying huge amounts of weight through the, uh, through the worst types of conditions, it, it's not surprising at all that uh, so many suffer from low back pain. And that's one of the issues well, I actually discuss in the book in, in, in Ending Back Pain. So, uh, well, it's, one it's, of the things, too, I just want to add on to this, Doc, is that now add your assault rifle. Add your, you know, you've got your protective gear. You've got the stuff you've got to carry. Now let's tote around, you know, something that could be anywhere from 12 to 18 pounds. You know, some of these things, if you've ever lifted and fired these things, I could barely lift them. And then you've got the kickback or the recoil or, you know, just all those things and that weight on top of, what you're already carrying, you know, you got to carry right. your gun, but to lift up and fire it even, and it puts you in kind of a weird position for your back. I'm, I'm not a, you know, big expert on that, but I've fired enough guns in my day um, to know that that's it, it. There's a lot of stress on your back. Yeah. And, and the issue is like, there are certain injuries that you have the injury, it heals and you're better, but back pain for many, many individuals, only gets worse with time. So it's almost a logarithmic, an exponential uh, problem, so that it's just not perhaps 10 people for a year. It's 10 people over a lifetime, and then the next year, another 10, and then another. I mean, the problem is enormous. I saw a statistic that said that based on low back pain disability um, in the next few years, uh, it's just from back pain, soldiers who are disabled, uh, that the amount uh, that it's going to cost the taxpayer was three hundred uh, billion dollars. I mean, you—you're talking huge numbers. So um, this is a financial problem for for the United States. It's a it's a healthcare problem for the United States. And worse, I think it's a problem that hasn't received much awareness. Um, and it really needs to. It really needs. There really needs to be greater awareness, and there probably has to be some rethinking of this problem, um, how to prevent this issue, or else it's going to just get worse.
I'm going to need to take us to commercial break. Um, when we come back, we're going to visit more with uh, Dr. Jack Stern. This is Sandra Beck from Military Mom Talk Radio, along with Robin Boyd. And we just had a Facebook come in that told me that uh, an, uh, an M16 weighs about six pounds. And when you add a 20-round magazine to it, you can go to six and a half, seven pounds easy. So that just gives you a frame of reference to talk about. We'll be more after the break. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life. And the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn. And yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. It's time to uncover the inspired team leader within you. Overcome the challenges of hidden agendas and miscommunications that create stress and a lack of productivity. Project management expert Norm Prevost and connection expert Heather Hansen O'Neill will provide you with a consistent infusion of inspiration and team strategies. In addition, your hosts will invite knowledgeable leaders to inject different viewpoints, situations, and solutions for an all-encompassing perspective on achieving winning team performance. Spend one hour each Friday transforming your mindset and increasing your skills. The Inspired Team Leaders Show, your path to innovative ideas and action items you can implement today to create a more productive team and feel amazing in your role. The Inspired Team Leader Show, heard every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time on ABRN, the all-business radio network. There ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. 
Hey, military moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are visiting with Dr. Jack Stern today, and he wrote this great book called Five Powerful Steps to Diagnose, Understand, and Treat Your Ailing Back to Ending Back Pain. Uh, and we identified in the uh, first half of the show that uh, we have an epidemic of back pain as a culture, generally, because we're sedentary, because we eat too much, we weigh too much. You know, that's no big surprise there. Um, and while we're on the break, Rob, um, we got some feedback in from last segment. And for those of you that missed the earlier segment uh, or our shows, you can pick us up on iTunes under Military Mom Talk Radio. You can go to uh, militarymomtalkradio.com or you can go to our host station in Texas, toginet.com, T-O-G-I-N-E-T. Um, this is really important, you guys, because the Wounded Warriors Program found out through their survey um, you know, that as many as 70% of our uh, service personnel are suffering from uh, neck, back, and shoulder pain, and the good doctor today explained, and I tend to agree with him, that the sheer weight of our armor today, uh, protective armor and gear, you know, can weigh so much and put a strain on a 150, 200-pound body, and I had made a comment, Rob, earlier uh, in the show about the weight of, uh, you know, some of these assault rifles that our soldiers carry, and of course, you know, the guys listening chimed in, and they're like, well, wait till you add your rear backup iron sights wait till you add your forearm accessories and your tactical forearms and you know what if you have a scope what about your optics hey got to add in the optics weight so the end oh, of the let day, alone the, all the ammunition the ammunition right. if you're going out on a mission <laughs> yeah so they were like you know what's hanging off the end of your rifle versus um you know what they're carrying but they they supported us in our statement whether my numbers were mm-hmm. correct at five six twelve or fifteen pounds I the fact know. of the matter is it's very heavy um and you know the other thing that came in at the break rob and i wanted to share this before we get on to tips with the doctor and how to make a difference two of the moms came in and said to me on text san we're listening to your show and we want you to know that when our husbands are on deployment we have to do all the heavy lifting literally and figuratively i'm reading the text she said 50 pound bags of chlorine 50 pound bags of dog food sleepy kids that need to be taken up in the middle of the night and one of my mm-hmm. friends she's like i'm five two and i have to do this all on my own and i said how much do you weigh and she says i'm not going to tell you but i bet you she's a hundred pounds if she's soaking wet you know yeah. she's a skinny little thing and you know not that we're going to make gender biased statements here but the fact of the matter is when your spouse is on deployment male or female mm-hmm. you have to literally do all the heavy lifting because there is no one else and that's going to result in lots of back pain and that's why we brought on dr jack stern you can check him out at drjackstern.com his book is ending back pain and we're going to shift gears a little bit rob and we're going to talk to doc about some things that people can do. Um, Doc, when, other than buy your book, <laughs> which is what we want them to do, buy your book, number one. In and addition. I did not, in addition, <laughs> right, buy your book. Um, but what are some things people can do right away, today, starting now, with respect to these conditions that are arising from these lifestyles and things that are not going to change? Well, before I answer that, I would make a comment, and that is that Low back pain is not a diagnosis. So, so many people have low back pain or back pain, uh, but there are a variety of causes for back pain. So, um, and what I see, and I think one of the other reasons I wrote this book is that uh, 
when I went to the to the bookstore, went online. Nobody goes to the bookstore anymore, I guess. What I saw was that X therapy cures your back pain. Y therapy cures your back pain, whether it's physical therapy, chiropractic, exercise, Alexander thing. And what I felt was missing was, well, how can one modality, no matter how good it is, cure everyone's back pain when people's back pain come from different sources? So my back pain may be because I have a degenerative disc, and your back pain may be because you have uh, muscle soreness, and another ba- person's back pain may come from the fact that they have uh, scoliosis. So before one can really answer the, your question, which is a, a very insightful question, you really have to, the individual really has to get some help in making the diagnosis, because only with a proper diagnosis can you can one then help an individual to get the proper treatment. So if it's muscle, for example, so, so you've got chronic back pain and, and you go to the doctor, which I think is the first step, you know, and, and the doctor determines you don't have a herniated disc, you don't have scoliosis, you don't have degenerative disc disease, you probably have muscle spasm. Well, that, that then leads to one set of treatments, whether it's uh, ice packs for the acute event, some non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, an exercise or a stretching program, some Pilates exercises, etc. However, if you go to the doctor and he says, gee whiz, I think you've got a herniated disc, you, there's a whole other set of treatments. So I think the first step, and I keep pointing this out in the book, is that you have to get a diagnosis. No one would treat, if you went to the doctor and you said, you know, I got, I got, you know, I got belly pain, it hasn't gone away in three weeks, you know, it could be, God forbid, cancer, or it could be obstructed bowel, it could be appendicitis. You know, you wouldn't just treat belly pain, and yet everybody mm-hmm. wants to treat back pain. So without getting too long-winded about this, I would say the first thing to do is make sure you and your doctor sit down and that you uh, get a diagnosis. How valuable that is, too. And I think, um, do, you, do you feel that the medical industry is tending more toward various modalities so that they're not just going to say, well, this is, this is what we suggest? And I, I, I'm sure that you agree a, a second opinion sometimes really is necessary because maybe one theory might be right in one doctor's eye, but not taking into the patient's environment or or family needs or whatever um is, is yeah, that a luck, yeah i think the lucky thing about back pain is that in nev- in almost 90 percent of cases it's self-limiting you know so no matter what you do or don't do it's probably going to go away on its own that's the mm-hmm. that's the good part the, the the less good part is the fact that most physicians know diddly squat about back pain and it's the usual, you know, take two pills and call me in the morning. Um, and by that time, it's, you know, your pain is already 20, 30, 40% better. Um, mm-hmm. So the medical, the medical community really is not as savvy about back pain as it should be because it's such a self-limiting disease. And I think what's usually stressed um, is those ailments that are life-threatening, um, and, are, and manifest themselves by back pain. Uh, so the doctors are more attuned to that. You know, you've got back pain, 
and you've got blood in your urine. Well, you know, it's not back pain. You've got a, probably have a kidney stone. So, mm. um, or you can't wiggle your toes or you're having trouble peeing. Well, that, then the doctor's ears, you know, um, uh, stands up because it, then he or she says, you know, now I really think there's something that matters. This is more than just muscle spasm. But for most of us who have back pain, the, the medical community, especially now with where you get more and more face time with your doctor and uh, less and less exposure to, to, to a physician, I think we're all getting short shrift. We're getting the, the bum's rush uh, when it comes to many of our complaints. Well, and that can cost you your life or close to. My oldest brother, Doc, when you said that, it brought me back a few years because my oldest brother had uh, groin pain. And since he was an athlete, a college athlete, they said, oh, you just, you know, you overexercise. Well, then he had lower back pain. And they're like, well, you know, you were water skiing. Then he had back pain. Then he had chest pain. And by the time they diagnosed him with full testicular cancer and some other cancer, that it was a tumor that had grown from his testicle up to his collarbone by the time they they diagnosed it, and that was what was causing all these things. It was only when he couldn't breathe because the tumor was fibrous and had grown all around his organs. It was only when he couldn't breathe did they do these tests. Um, Dr. Bone, <laughs> of all things, Dr. Bone ran all these <laughs> tests, and he's like, you know, I know, is that great? He, yeah, he's like, hey, I think guys. This is a, you know, that's a, such an unfortunate story. That's what, your kid has cancer. He doesn't really have a, a, you know, a back problem. He doesn't have a neck or a hip problem or bone mm. problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Jack, we only have about two and a half minutes before we have to close the segment. Um, so many people do go to massages all the time and they've got a little strain or they've got a pinched, what they're calling a pinched nerve. When is it really time to not keep going to a masseuse and really go see a doctor? Well, I would, let me say, these are the things you should go to see a doctor for, whether you're seeing a masseuse or a chiropractor or any other um, non-physician. These are the, these are the important points. We call these the um, the red flags. Okay, so red flag is number one: you um, can't control your bowels and your bladder. You suddenly, you know, or you wipe yourself; it doesn't feel normal. It means the nerves that go down to your perineum, uh, mm-hmm. the vagina, the bladder, the bowels, uh, the mm-hmm. penis are not functioning. Number two, um, you notice that. You're, you have some weakness. You can't wiggle your toes quite as much as before. You find out that you're limping a little bit. Um, so what we call neurological deficits, where, you, where there's a real uh, inability to either feel, move, those, any awareness of that really mandates, it really demands that you see a physician to, mm-hmm. to check it out. It, it's all of a sudden you you just realize that there is something a little bit more, and we do need to listen to our bodies. Dr. Jack Stern, thank you so very much for joining us today. Dr. Stern's um, website is drdrjackstern.com. His book is available on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, and many other locations. You can find out um, a little bit more about that on his website as well. He does have a blog, so do sign up for that. Lots of great reading at drjackstern.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. God bless. Take care. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about bullying, cyberbullying, and how to help our kids think before they type. 
be back in a moment with Baron Whited after this. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velazzi's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velazzi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the Woo. Put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Help us out, put your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. 
Hi, military moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And Rob, we just visited with Dr. Jack Stern. His book is called Ending Back Pain. You're going to want to look it up. Um, and I thought that was really interesting um, about so many statistics with respect to back pain in the military, whether it's the civilian side or the service member side. Absolutely. Really interesting. I'm very anxious to read more from his book. Definitely. Yeah, so we're going to bring on Baron Whited, and we're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to go from back pain to kind of bullying and cyberbullying, because there's a whole different set of rules out there for parents today. I'm experiencing it myself. I wouldn't have expected to have a conversation with my eight-year-old about what he's posting on social media, um, mm-hmm. but clearly uh, he's got a fascination with Selena Gomez and thinks she's so beautiful, and he's telling everybody how hot she is, and he doesn't even, you know, he's, I don't even know if he knows what these words mean, but the fact of the matter is we've got to have conversations with our kids sooner rather than later about what they're posting on the internet and for parents who have never posted this is kind of a really creepy gray area of going how do I counsel my kids on something I don't use myself and I don't even understand there's a whole population out there that does not use social media that don't post and aren't aware of what the kids are doing today so I'm really excited uh, to bring Baron Whited today because he is the expert uh, of the day so I'm going to go right to Baron and I'd like you to introduce yourself for our listeners uh, before we delve into questions. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm really looking forward to this topic because it is a very uh, serious topic that you need to have conversations with your children. But my name is Baron Whited. Um, I've been in the education field for about 15 years, and I've dealt with the college setting, elementary, middle school, and high school. And um, I'm certified um, in bullying prevention. So I've done a lot of talks with students on this topic and things that, you know, you shouldn't be posting online and things that are appropriate and what's not appropriate. Uh, I've been in the education field a long time and tried to help students as well as parents through this difficult time. It is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say it's wonderful that you've had such a scope of, of K through 12 because I'm sure that as much as you may see similar behaviors, uh, being able to address those behaviors at different ages uh, must be quite different. And Sandra's talking about her eight-year-old. Um, when do we start? Ha- I-, I think the conversation comes even before the social media element. I think it's talking even about sitting at the table and and saying, what do you think about that? Or I used to sit with my kids and say if there was a something controversial on TV and we would pause the TV and say, what, what do you think about what just happened and, and having those conversations? How do you bring these, these topics into a family conversation? Yeah, and I, I agree. You have to start you know, early because they're exposed to so many different things. And you have to look at where they're at developmentally because they may not be at that point where they're seeing everything that's going on in the world as we see it. But starting just on that safety and talking to them and saying, look, this is what's appropriate. And I always like to go by the golden rule that treat others as you want to be treated. And when you look at the online world, don't post something 
that you would find inappropriate. And I always use this analogy, just think about what you're posting. Would you want that in the middle of the hallway in school? And if it's if they're saying, no, 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 then probably you don't want to post it or take a photo or tag someone without their permission. But I think starting early is always good. Even like, you know, I always try to say, when you have something negative in your life, always turn it into a positive. So what I encourage parents to do is at the dinner table say one positive thing that's happened to them during their day. And sometimes they well, I don't really have anything. But think about that and say, okay, there has to be something. Did you help out a friend? Did you, know, did you help out the teacher? Did you answer something correctly? You know, did you surprise yourself in anything that you did as far as your homework assignment? Things like that. And I think if you start those conversations, it can really change a child's thinking. Well, that and really I have a question because I've got a – Baron, I've got an 8-year-old and 11-year-old, and they're really bright, and they're all over social media, and they're all over these things. And I wanted to add on to that whole thing because I'm going to I'm gonna use that tonight when they get home. They're going to hit get hit with, you know, what would you want that put up in the middle of school? Um, because my 11-year-old has his first crush, and the little girl, and she's delightful. And they were texting the other night, and he says, well, you know, you're awfully pretty. And she's like, why do you like me? He's like, well, you're awfully pretty. You know, because I monitor everything. I, I read and watch everything um, uh, that they do online. And I cautioned him because I said, look, you know, when you say things to her, she can show them to all her friends. You know, there's a record of this. And, you know, and I would like to believe that the little girl was on the up and up. And he gave her some cheese ball line from a movie. And I, that's what caused me to run in and throw in the flag and say, OK, you know, you don't even know what this cheese ball line means. And you're throwing it out. Um, but they're trying to communicate. But for the first time in history, the communication that was maybe at a locker in school or walking home from school or, you know, across the lunch table is now recorded forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, what I'm finding is, as new technology, new apps come out on the phone, the children are exposed to so many different things. And, you know, if you ask someone, what's this, what's this app do, they would probably tell you. And they understand it, but they understand the consequences. And they're like, oh, I shouldn't have did that. Then they come to you and say, okay, I'm in trouble. I don't know how to respond to this. And they don't realize the things that they do put out there can have a a lasting impact from the example of sometimes students will journal everything online. And I always discourage that because I'm like – If a college could see that or an employer could see that and you share something very personable, that could really impact your acceptance into that college, you getting that job. You just don't know. So you've got to keep things private. Don't be putting personal information out there, such as social security numbers or phone numbers or anything like that. You don't want to do that. So I'm finding as new and new technology comes out, the kids do know how to handle it and how to use it, but they don't know what to do when they get themselves into trouble and what to deal with the consequences. That's well, and the that's big true word. because, yeah, <laughs> well, but it's hard to teach kids consequences in theory, you know, and you can mm-hmm. have some of the best kids, Baron. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I have this group called the Brain Trust. They're my little, you know, they're a bunch of little eggheads uh, that are my older son's friends. And these are the nicest kids in the world, but even they don't get it. You know, if a pretty girl, you know, texts them or says something, and that could, you know, they could totally be baited into something to embarrass them. But now it's on a global level because it's, it's, 
it's out there. You can put it on the internet. Everybody can see it. They can see their, the, what's that photo app that everybody's using where they, that where you put pictures up, you put silly pictures Instagram. up. Mm. Instagram. Yeah. And they all have these Instagram accounts. And one of the little girls in sixth grade put a provocative picture and now she's the school whore. Now, whether she was or she wasn't, the fact of the matter is one little picture changed the perception, including me, of every parent who saw that picture. It's like, oh, no, you're going to stay away from her. Oh, no. And, you know, that little girl with maybe intended or unintended, we don't know. But you can take that and really you know, that's going to stick with her. It's much more than thrown up in class or who's the kid who peed their pants in sixth grade. Now it's a whole different ball game. Absolutely. And I always say, if I was to Google your name and put it in quotes, what would I see online? And they're like, well, I don't know. Well, chances are, if you're posting these pictures of inappropriate stuff, that could come up underneath your name or someone that you care about. So always be careful on what you're putting on there. And again, with the tagging, I've run into situations where, you know, kids wasn't comfortable with what the other kid put on as far as tagging. I said, did you ask them? Well, no, I just thought they would like it. Well, they didn't. So from now on, you need to ask permission before you tag someone, you know, in different uh, pictures and things like that, but they don't think about those things when they do it. They think it's fun and, you know, oh, I can do all these technology things and cool stuff on my phone. And they're not really thinking about that, the responsibilities behind it. Even as adults, we need to remember these things. I, I sometimes just kind of so surprised how much information gets, gets posted on there. We are at the end of the show. Um, Baron, what is one thing that you could probably say to a 16-year-old that would help them think about consequences? I would just say, you know, before you type anything online or post anything, I want you to think about what exactly is it saying. And if you were put yourself in that other person's shoes, would you be offended by what you're saying. So think about that because that can really decide whether you're going to post or type something online. Mm, it's, I, I think, and the reason why I asked about a 16 year old, because those are the ones that are, are very, very difficult to change. I think, uh, Baron White, thank you for visiting us. It's so much, uh, information for us to think about as adults, as well as for, for our children, please visit him at Baron Whitehead. And I'll spell that dot com. Thanks for being with us, Baron. Thank you. And thanks again to Dr. Jack Stern for being with us. Sandra, thanks for having a great event over the weekend for Toys for Tots. You were a rock star. And we will be back next week with y'all. I hope you have a great week. Uh, We'll see you next week on Military Mom Talk Radio.